Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I'm your host, Cora Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Galilee, where my wife and I live. On today's podcast, I'll be bringing you a special episode on the ongoing Israel and Iran proxy conflict. This conflict began in modern times with the Islamic Revolution that took place in the nation of Iran in 1979. But its roots go back much further to ancient Persia and the festival of Purim, found in the book of Esther. The History of Purim The New World Encyclopedia gives us a descriptive overview of the story of Purim, which is being celebrated in Israel and around the world today. In chapter 3 of the book of Esther, after she becomes the Hebrew queen of Persia, her guardian and uncle Mordecai uncover a plot to assassinate King Xerxes. The king elevated a man named Haman, descended from the Amalekites, to be his prime minister and commanded his officials to honor Haman by kneeling before him. Mordecai, however, refused to kneel and despite pressure from the king's officers, Mordecai persisted in his refusal to obey the king's command. Learning of Mordecai's behavior, Haman took offense and determined to take revenge, and Haman and his wife then instigated a plot to kill the entire population of the Jews of Persia. The plot thickened when King Xerxes gave Haman his signet ring and authorized him to carry out the evil plan. The wicked Haman caused the edict to be sent throughout the Persian Empire and all the Jews, including women and children, were to be killed and their properties confiscated on a specific day. With the entire destiny of the Jewish people hanging in the balance, Mordecai informed Esther of the plot and Haman's role in it, and Esther agreed to help, even at the risk of her own life. She devised a scheme to expose Haman and save her people at the same time. Cleverly, she convinced the king to grant her one request, which she planned to reveal at a banquet in Haman's honor. Haman, meanwhile, prepared to have Mordecai publicly executed, and at his wife's suggestion, he constructed a gallow 75 feet high. King Xerxes, however, is mysteriously reminded of Mordecai's loyalty and desired to reward him. He asked Haman, What should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Haman thought the king was speaking of Haman himself, and he replied that he should be given a public parade with great honor. The king immediately commanded Haman to have Mordecai honored in the manner suggested, much to the evil minister's chagrin. The king then hosted the banquet that Esther had planned for Haman. She revealed to Xerxes that Haman's plans were to kill her and her entire people, including the loyal Mordecai. The king left in a rage, and the terrified Haman begged Esther for mercy, only to have the king return and find him in a compromising position that the king interpreted as an attempt to harm the queen. The evil and sinister Haman met his fate on the very same gallows 
he had prepared for Mordecai. The loyal Mordecai then became prime minister in Haman's place, and the king issued a new edict, authorizing the Jews to take revenge on their enemies. In a final act of fate, the dead bodies of Haman's ten sons were also hanged after they died in a battle against the Jewish people, ending his evil lineage forever. As we celebrate and remember the festival of Purim, are the Jewish people once again at the precipice of another pivotal confrontation with the ancient nation once called the Persian Empire? Touching the Ground Living here in the Galilee has afforded us the opportunity to feel the pulse of an entire nation who is expecting a preemptive strike and awaiting war with Iran. For the last few months, we have heard military jets flying over our apartment in the middle of the night. They carry out their secret and covert missions in an ongoing and continual shadow war that has been happening for many years between Iran's proxies in Syria and in Lebanon. Just today, on March 7th, in the early hours of the morning, the Israeli Air Force allegedly carried out an airstrike at the international airport in the northern Syrian city of Aleppo, according to Syrian state media. Israeli officials recently stated they would strike Syria if Iran tried to use international aid as a Trojan horse for weapons. According to Israeli news sources, Israel will not hesitate to strike any weapons Iran sends to Syria under the guise of humanitarian aid amid rescue efforts after a devastating earthquake in the country, an unnamed Israeli military official said back in February. The last alleged Israeli airstrike to target Syria was reported in late January after a convoy of trucks crossing from Iraq to Syria was hit by airstrikes. The convoy was reportedly carrying weapons hidden amid food and other products. Israel views Iran's expansion throughout Syria as a continued threat to its national security, and it has conducted these strikes across a broad range of targets in an effort to curb Iran's forces in the region. Meanwhile, here in the land, hundreds of thousands of protesters are confronting local authorities in the streets of Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Tensions have almost escalated to a near tipping point as the people of Israel are severely divided and the revolting against the newly elected government's desire to overhaul the present judicial system has persisted for nine weeks. These heated protests have blocked train tracks and traffic on main highways, causing tremendous disruption of daily life. Police have resorted to stun grenades and water cannons to try and stop the protesters as civil violence has broken out and some military reservists are refusing to show up for duty. Tensions also continue to mount between Jewish-Israeli settlers, Palestinians, and IDF soldiers. Civilians have been arrested and the gap between secular and religious Israeli citizens is growing into a yawning chasm.
In the midst of this internal turbulence, the external threat of war with Iran looms like an ominous cloud over the entire region. Rumors of War A recent Times of Israel news article said that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu reportedly held a series of secret, high-level meetings with top military officials aimed at upping preparations for a possible confrontation with Iran. Newly elected Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, who was a former IDF general, publicly declared, Iran is closer than ever to producing a nuclear weapon. We will not allow that to happen. All the options are on the table. Our duty is to defend the state of Israel and the Jewish people. End quote. Israel reportedly came close to carrying out strikes on Iranian nuclear facilities on multiple occasions under previous Netanyahu governments, and the Prime Minister was quoted as saying at a national security conference, the only thing that has ever stopped rogue nations from developing nuclear weapons is a credible military threat or a credible military action. The longer you wait, the harder that becomes. We've waited very long. End quote. Crossing the Red Line According to the Times of Israel News, a senior U.S. defense official said last week that Iran could produce enough fissile material for one nuclear bomb in under two weeks. Uranium at nearly 84% is almost at weapons-grade levels of 90%, meaning any stockpile of that material could be quickly enriched for the purposes of building an atomic bomb, if Iran chooses. International Atomic Energy Association Chief Rafael Grossi, who had just returned from a visit to Tehran, said on Saturday that any military attack on a nuclear facility is outlawed. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Sunday in response said, Rafael Grossi is a worthy person who made an unworthy remark. Is Iran, which publicly calls for our extermination, allowed to protect its weapons of destruction that will slaughter us? Are we forbidden to defend ourselves? He added, Of course we are allowed, and of course we are doing this. Nothing will prevent us from protecting our country and preventing oppressors from destroying the Jewish state. End quote. Netanyahu noted the Jewish festival of Purim set to take place today when 2,500 years ago a certain persecutor arose in Persia that wanted to exterminate the Jews. They did not succeed then. They will not succeed today, he said, referencing the efforts of Haman, the villain from the book of Esther. Iran's Threats in a news report last month, the Islamic Revolution Guards Corps displayed an apparent ballistic missile with the words, Death to Israel, emblazoned in Hebrew, down the side, at an exhibition in the central city of Isfahan. The display came days after a significant drone attack on a key Iranian defense facility in the same city. 
The site hit in the strike was reportedly a weapons production facility for Iran's killer suicide drones. The attack was one of a number widely attributed to Israel in a several years long shadow war. Iran has repeatedly vowed to quote unquote wipe Israel off the map, and Israel considers Tehran's nuclear program an existential threat. While Iranian nuclear weapons are Israel's main concern, Jerusalem has also said that its ballistic weapons program also poses a major threat. Military Preparations Over the past year, Israel has held several joint military drills with other nations' militaries, simulating strikes against Iran and its regional terror proxies. The Times of Israel News reported that in January of this year, the Israel Defense Forces and the United States Central Command held their largest ever joint exercise in Israel in the eastern Mediterranean Sea. The drill called Operation Juniper Oak 2023 involved 6,400 U.S. troops alongside more than 1,500 Israeli troops and over 140 aircraft, 12 naval vessels, and artillery systems, making it the largest ever joint drill between the two nations. The exercise was widely seen as a message to Iran that Israel is the strong horse in the region, and Channel 12 News reported that part of the drill included American bombers targeting a simulated Iranian nuclear facility. Israel is currently readying for a possible attack on Iran's nuclear program and has said it will act alone if the international community does not step in. As we live in the days of wars and rumors of war, may the God of Israel prepare each one of us for such a time as this, as Mordecai said to his niece in the book of Esther. Comfort from the Psalms Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story, when I will bring you more news from the land. See you soon.